0: Good morning. morning. I honestly didn't want that song to end. MJ, that's about two more verses you left on the table there. (laughs) How y'all doing today? How are y'all today? You know, when we we first started talking about this series of lessons, you know, um, it was something that was a bit impromptu. Well, not impromptu because Scott always plans, but we originally planned to meet on Easter, all right, and to, to uh, perhaps meet again right before Thanksgiving, but then God said, I'm going to allow this thing called COVID to come down here and do some things and change some things around, and we thought we had a plan together, but look what God did. Twelve weeks talking about what Jesus is talking about, We've been together for 12 weeks. And, and I know that that's a hard thing, you know, because when you have visitors coming to your church, you know, sometimes they sit, into your, they sit in your seat, right? <laughs> and you got to be nice. You got to be godly about it. You can't say, hey, you, uh, I sit right here, all right? But I, I've seen uh, our relationships grow stronger. I've seen uh, the, the blessedness of unity among us. And I just think that you guys, you know, not not just... You know, Scott and Marsha and and the other Scott. Or the other Scott. I don't know who's who's the other Scott here. But those guys work hard. But you guys, give yourself a hand for what has happened throughout these 12 weeks. Because it's been amazing. It's been amazing. You guys came back into the building when you weren't sure, right? You came back into the building. You guys have been online watching. Right? Put the little hand emojis in the comments as you're watching online. <laughs> this has been amazing to be a part of, and, and it, it's been a privilege. It's been a help to me. Uh, it's, it's helped me to rejuvenate uh, my physical energy, my spiritual energy as well, being able to, to, to put together uh, 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 sermons that, that, that mean a lot more because we can put a lot more into it when we got two weeks, Right? <laughs> Man, it's been been wonderful uh, to be a part of. Today's sermon is titled, Love Yours. (laughs) And you may be asking yourself right now, Chris, there's a typo on the screen. Blame Marsha. No, I'm just kidding. That's how it's supposed to be spelled. As I'm reading the text this week, I started to think about this. Now, I don't want you guys to go and write me off, okay? But I have a, a love for poetry put to music. And in America, we call that rap. <laughs> and there's a song called Love Yours by the great poet Jermaine Cole. Or J. Cole, as some of you may know. But he starts off this song and he says, There's no such thing as a life that's better than yours. There's no such thing as a life that's better than yours. No such thing, no such thing. Right? He says this, he sings this song, and as I'm reading this text, that's all I can think about because I know that as a Christian, as a child of God, there is no life on this earth that's better than mine. Because I have a God that's eternal. I have a God that created everything. I have a God that doesn't just leave me to figure everything out. He gives me everything that I need so I don't have to bump my head if I obey. There's no life that's better than mine. There's no life that's better than yours. You're in a blessed position to know God, to know the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, to know the God who sent his son down on this earth in the form of a man for you. Jesus died for you. That's a blessing, y'all. Do do y'all understand the, the blessed position that we stand in or sit in? It ought to fill you with joy that God cares enough about you to be in relationship with you. He wants to be in relationship with each and every person, regardless of what you have done, regardless of how you put his son on the cross. He wants to be in relationship with you. And his son is here on the mount and he's preaching this sermon, he's telling us things that we need to know in order for us to live this life to run this race. And I think that it's a blessed thing. And as I'm reading this text again, I think about this song because in the song, J. Cole is saying, hey, you may think that you want to be famous. You may think that you want to be rich, but it's not all it's cracked up to be. Love who you are. Love your life as it is. He says a line in the song, and and, and I have to clean it up a bit. He says a line, he's talking about gaining money. And he says, okay, you you might be able to gain money. Uh, What does it say here? I have it here. Oh, on the road to riches, listen, this is what you'll find. The good news is you came a long way. The bad news is you went the wrong way came a long way, but the bad news is you went the wrong way. And we're going to see in our text today that there's going to be some individuals who believe that they're going the right way. They're going to believe that uh, uh, God is the one that they serve, that God is the one who is their Lord, but Jesus is going to respond to them, I don't know who you are. And that is so terrifying to think about. It's scary to think about, but God has given us a way to where we don't have to hear those words. Turn your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter seven. Verse number 15 through 23. You're probably saying, Chris, you should already be turned to where your sermon text is. Matthew chapter 7, 15 through 23. If you're there, say amen. Amen. If you're not there, say hold up. All right, everybody's there. The Bible says, beware of false prophets. Can we say false prophets? Who come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Can we say fruits? If you're watching online, type fruits into the comment section or put an emoji of your favorite fruit. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, say Lord, 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 Lord. will enter the kingdom of heaven but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and cast out demons in your name, and do many mighty works in your name? Jesus responds in verse 23. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me you workers of lawlessness. I wanna start off by talking about snakes in the grass. Have y'all heard about that before? Have y'all heard that saying, snakes in the grass? There's a snake in the grass, right? Makes me think about Toy Story when, there's a snake in my boot, right? there's snakes in the grass. There are people who exist in this world who who seek to do nothing but to deceive you. Jesus starts off in verse number 15. He says, beware of false prophets. Beware of false prophets. Jesus here is talking about people who claim to be about the business of God, who say that they have a word from God, but they're lying. Imagine that. world where people claim to profess God, and they're lying about who they are. They say that they come to you with the word from God. Jesus says, beware. Be aware that this exists. Jesus says, watch out. Be on the lookout. This is serious. Be on the lookout, Jesus says. Jesus cares about those he loves, so he warns us of the dangers that do exist. There are people out there who seek to deceive you. These false prophets, this is the part that we love to, to engage in, right? As a church, we love to read this verse. and We say, those, fo- those false prophets, I know exactly who they are. Some of us will remember uh, the man, Kenneth Copeland, who in, all, uh, in April, he said, COVID, I tell you now, you, it is over for you. And he blew away COVID. And he said, COVID, your time is up. <sighs> he literally did that. Look it up on YouTube. But COVID didn't get the memo, all right? He spoke in the name of God, and he said, this thing is over. You got these people who profess to be of God, and they deceive many people. You think about Creflo Dollar, and you think about Jesse Duplantis who stand before their church and they say, you know what, God told me that you guys needed to buy me a private plane. A fourth one. And they deceive people, and they have people who need to buy medication, who need to buy groceries, give them all of their money. And it's easy for us to point out these people as false prophets. Jesus says that when they come, they aren't going to come and say, hey, I'm trying to trick you, believe what I'm saying. But Jesus says that they're going to come in sheep's clothing. I don't know about you, but whenever I see sheep, I want to go pet them, right? I like to feel them, right? They're, They're gentle creatures. And these false prophets are not going to present themselves as something that is ferocious. But Jesus says they look like that externally, but on the inside, they're ravenous wolves. And what he's saying here by this word ravenous is is that they seek to do you harm. They don't have your best intentions in mind. Jesus says, beware. Inwardly, these false prophets dressed in uh, sheep's clothing want to do you harm. You may think back even to the preacher or the pastor down the road who used to take everybody's paycheck, right? But you, you got to ask yourself, why does Jesus feel the need to warn of such people? Why does Jesus need to warn us of such people? I know I believe I can smell a rat from a mile away, but it's not easy to tell it's not, it's not always easy to see. Do you remember the first time you had your heart broken? Do you remember that? Think back. Think back. Some of us, we have to go back further. Think back. When you knew that you were in love in the ninth grade, you knew what it meant to be in love, and that, that long eyelash, pretty young thing, and that muscular buck of a, of a man who had just started to grow his mustache, you knew that you were in love, and you knew that this was the one that you were destined to spend your whole life with. Y'all remember that person? All of a sudden, that person turned from being your future spouse to being the devil. (laughs) They broke your heart, right? They broke your heart, they left you crying, they stood you up when you were supposed to go on a date, they let you pay for the popcorn, the drinks, and the tickets, then they broke up with you, left you high and dry it is possible for people to be deceived. And Jesus says, I don't want for you to be deceived as my people. I need you to understand that there are dangerous people out there who are claiming to be of my Father, but they seek to do you harm. Verse 16, it says, you will recognize them by their fruits. Jesus, what are you talking about? Jesus says, Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes? Are figs from thistles? I had to cool this. I knew that grapes came off of a vine, right? But I had to ask myself, Are there thorns on vines? Because I honestly didn't know. Or where does figs come from? Who even eats figs? <laughs> right? Jesus asked these questions to say, You can't get a fruit from something where it's not supposed to grow you're not going to grab a lemon off an apple tree, right? You're not going to grab a pumpkin from a watermelon patch. That's not something that you can do, right? Verse 17, he goes on to say, so every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree... That does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Jesus says, do you want to know how you can tell a wolf in sheep's clothing? Look at their fruits. Look at what what their works are. Look at what they produce on a consistent basis. You can tell me all day long that you used to be a member of Destiny Child, but if you can't hold a note, your fruits don't match up with the type of tree that you said you are. Jesus says, I'm not just going to warn you about the dangers that exist. I'm going to give you a radar to be able to detect them. Look at their works. Look at their actions. If it does not match up, then it isn't true. Too long Christianity… Are y'all listening to this? Too long Christianity has been looked down upon because of the fruits of individual people. And you know the type of world we live in. If you, the one member at Western Hills, does something wrong outside of this building, all of a sudden God is no good based on the ugliness that you portrayed. Because Kenneth Copeland wants to blow away COVID, all of a sudden God can't be taken seriously. Because these pastors in these mega churches want to ask for private jets, all of a sudden God isn't real. He's a fairy tale. Our actions matter. Our fruits matter, because they have an effect on how people view God. But Jesus tells us, you will be able to tell what is a bad tree and what is a good tree based on their fruits. We like to think, we like to think that we have good radars. But sometimes we'll deify people, and sometimes we will look at trees and say, this is a great tree. Look at this great tree. They, they look so good externally. Don't we do this? I think that we just did this. We just did it with our politics, didn't we? We don't like to talk about politics and God, but I get to go home next week, okay? Not either one of these people presented to be leaders in this country is where we should be looking to for our answers of God or from God. Because a lot of their fruits are ugly. Okay? I'm just being honest with you. A lot of the entertainers, including Jermaine himself, the fruits can sometimes be ugly. I told my kids as we were sitting down studying this yesterday. We had a family study, and i like to tell them what I'm going to preach about so when they go to sleep, they'll understand at the end what's going on. I said, if you want to know who somebody is, watch what they do. You believe what they show you, All right? You believe what they show you. If you want to know who someone is, you believe what they show you through their actions. Being here and worshiping with you all, I've been able to get to know a lot of you based on your actions, all right? These Scots up here on the front row are beautiful people. Their family. They are beautiful people. I know this based on their actions, not because they told me. I know this based on their actions, okay? And and, 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 and don't worry about it. I know a lot of people missed out on pastor and minister's month in October. You can still give them a gift, and you can still give them something to show your appreciation, okay? I I didn't see that in October, but it's not too late to give them something, okay? They didn't tell me to say that. I want you guys to understand from these first couple of verses, we need to be aware that there are people who seem to be godly on the outside, but are destructive predators within. Keep your eyes open, because spiritual predators do exist, but take heart in the fact that God, through Jesus, has given us the radar to detect them. Now, the second section here I want to show you, there's ugliness and success and signals of distress. Jesus says here in verse number 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, which this this word right here, this is a word that we just throw around sometimes, right? To call someone Lord means that I fall under your leadership. I fall under your headship. I am your servant. You are the one who controls what I do. Jesus says, not everyone who just comes to me and says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Jesus is saying in essence here, just because you call me Lord doesn't mean that I am your Lord. When it comes to the question of faith, it's not so much what you profess, but what you do. You say, Chris, that's a little legalistic, and I would have thought so myself. Remember our, our first sermon that I preached in this sermon series was talking. To, the title of it was "Just Do It." And what we found out from what Jesus was presenting to us was that the things that that He's asking us to do isn't necessarily easy for us to just do. We need God's help in order to do these things. And so, as I have been uh, engaging in spiritual disciplines, as I have been engaging in all these things for my schoolwork, I have learned something that has been profound to me. I used to be of the thought that traditions were bad. Right? They kept people stuck in a rut and really took the focus away from God. But what I've learned is, and this is how we ought to treat traditions, is traditions should be a vehicle that carries our belief system. Traditions are not our belief system, but they're a vehicle that carries our belief system. For me to to pray at a set time every day, right, for me to sit in silence and wait for God to speak to me, not audibly, but for wait to God to speak to me, what that's doing is that's helping me and the Father's relationship. That's me and the Spirit connecting, right? That, 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 that thing right there is, is it's not something so much of what I'm doing, but it's, it's me connecting to God. And as I sit there and I think about the children of Israel as they're marching around the walls of Jericho, can you picture the children of Israel marching around the walls of Jericho? They were told you have to march so many times for so many days. How many of us in here think that just because they walked around the walls of Jericho, the walls fell down. Was it their feet that did the work? The number of times that they were asked to walk. What they were asked to do helped them to remember, hey, God is in this thing. God is the one that's doing it. So it's not so much of a legalistic thing, but God does have conditions I need you to do this and recognize that I'm the one that's doing it, right? I'm the one that's making these walls fall down. I'm the one that saved you from your sin. Recognize me as God." There is a problem, there's a problem that exists with our hearts when we don't have God. There's a problem that exists with our hearts when we don't have God. We get this amnesia, right? Do you remember Eve and how she set us up for failure? The women just said, mm. <laughs> "Eve knew very well not to eat the fruit, right?" Adam knew that he was not to obey created things, but he obeyed his wife. She listened to the serpent. When we aren't in close contact with God, we tend to forget the things that he asks us to do. Jesus says here again, uh, verse 21 again, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons and do mighty works in your name? Can you imagine when the kingdom comes to its full fruition and you stand before God and you say, you don't know me? Dude, I baptized 50 people in 2020 alone. I gave over $50,000 to the Salvation Army. I volunteered 60 hours at the love of Christ. How do you not know me? You are my Lord. Can you imagine doing all of these works only to hear Jesus say, Depart from me. I don't know who you are. Imagine the things that you see as important not being as important to Jesus. Jesus doesn't give a quota for baptisms in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus doesn't say how many sermons you have to preach in order to make it into the kingdom on the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus doesn't say how many sleeping bags you're supposed to have (laughs) in the Sermon on the Mount. What he does talk about is being the salt of the earth. What he does talk about is letting your yes be yes and your no be no. What he does talk about is controlling your sexual desires, What he does talk about is turning the other cheek. Jesus tells us exactly what's important to him. And if we're neglecting that for the things that we deem to be important, we're gonna be in for a rude awakening. This verse for me is terrifying because there are going to be people who believe for a fact that He is their Lord, and they're not going to be. That's scary. But I love my life because God doesn't just say, you figure it out. You figure out the rest. He gives us exactly what we need and coupled with the things that he asks us to do, guess what he gives us? Grace. Because guess what? There is nobody in this room or online who are, is going to make it into the kingdom of heaven without messing up somewhere along the way. Amen? If Jesus does not know me, then I really do not know me either." The problem with our relationship with God is not a failure of obedience, but a failure of heart. That's what I've noticed throughout this whole series, is that Jesus is asking us to volunteer for a renovation of heart. He's asking us to volunteer for that. He's asking us, hey, change your heart Become who you want to be for an eternity. My conclusion. This life that we live as Christians and kingdom citizens, it has the power to change the world. Let us at least entertain the words of Jesus that was spoken on this mount so many years ago. As you go into your Thanksgiving break as, as, as young people, and as you go into your Thanksgiving holiday, take some time as you sit in line on Black Friday, read back over this Sermon on the Mount. Look at what Jesus is asking us to see as being important. Look and examine yourself and see, is the person that Jesus describes in the Sermon on the Mount, does that person match up with who I am? Let us appreciate Jesus taking the time to say, this is what I deem to be important. Let us appreciate the life that we have in Christ Jesus. Love your life because I'm telling you, I'm telling you that there are people out here in this world. Are you listening? There are people out here in this world who are living their lives flying by the seat of their pants. God has given us everything that we need on how to live righteously, on how to be examples to the world, and how to heal this land. That's my lesson for today. If if you stand in need of prayer, if you want to be a Christian, if you don't have a relationship with God, I need you to understand that God loves you. I can't say it any more simply than that. God loves you. He wants to be in relationship with you. He wants for you to make the changes necessary to your heart. The question that you have to ask yourself is, am I willing to? Am I willing to? Do I believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Am I ready to make the changes necessary in order for me to live within the kingdom, in order for me to call him Lord? Am I I ready to confess my allegiance to him, live for him? Am I ready to be baptized for the remission of my sins? Scott, I appreciate you. Allow me to stand, as well as I was going to say pulpit, beside your table. (laughs) I appreciate uh, you guys having me uh, and being a great audience throughout these 12 weeks. It has been special um, to be here with you all. Um, It's great to see the many faces, some faces that I get to see very often, uh, but it's great to to worship with you for this extended period. Um, Thank you, and I appreciate you.